Okay. Welcome, everybody. seamless. Usually these things turn out terrible for me, but I think I'm really getting the hang of this intro music, everybody. Thank you again for joining us on the so-called Fantasy Experts Fantasy Baseball Podcast, podcast number five. Uh, I'm sorry I lied to you all last week and said we'd be back on Wednesday night. It's Thursday, so I'm sorry. But we finally got Chris Myers on the podcast, uh, great writer, our mixed auction. Was it auction league, Chris? Yep, yep. Mixed auction Mixed, league representative uh, auction. In, an, in, a, in an expert league, so everybody welcome him. Chris, why don't you uh, you know shout yourself out a little bit, tell the fine people where they can read you, where they can reach you, all that good stuff. Sure. All right. Well, I write uh, primarily for uh, so-called fantasyexperts.com, uh, the host of this podcast, and Travis himself. So uh, most of my writing can be found there. Uh, I did do some... Occasional writing for faketeams.com as well, but uh, I've pretty much migrated all of my writing skills to uh, so-called uh, in the meantime. Uh, on Twitter, I'm very active as well. Uh, you can follow me on there at Fantasy Ch- at fancy Chill Pony. It's missing an A because I ran out of room characters. So it's <laughs> F-A-N-T-S-Y Chill Pony. Uh, and yeah, so send me tweets questions, rip me apart, do whatever you feel like. I'm uh, very active on there and I will respond. So yeah, uh, those so are probably the two best ways to get a hold of me. Definitely follow Chris. Definitely follow me at The Real Travioli. I say this every week, but we here at So-Called Fantasy Experts would like to get verified on Twitter. So please help us do that. Follow us, tweet us, do all that good stuff. Uh, but I asked Chris here tonight to first talk about just, you know, most, most people's drafts are done. My drafts aren't done. My two most important drafts, I have one on Saturday, and then one's not even scheduled yet. So that'll Whoa. be a fun draft. Yeah, I'm going to be drafting a team. They uh, they sent out a message yesterday saying, so when's everybody free to draft? Like, the draft, the league starts in uh, two days, guys. Anyway, <laughs> enough about my ridiculous problems. Chris took part in the uh, Triple Crown Mixed Auction for the Expert Leagues. Uh, I've been looking over his team. I like it. A few things I wanted to talk about. A few great picks. A few guys I'm a little uh, skeptical about. But so let's get into it. First, Chris, um, who was your favorite pick? So let's get that out right now. Who's your favorite pick? I think I know who it is, but I want to know if I'm right. Yeah. It's hard to say. You know, I, honestly, I think I'm liking the Jack Peterson pick the most uh, for the value and just the way he's produced this spring and the fact that he's going to get full play time. Uh, I, I just love his upside, and I think this year, you know, he'll get off to a strong start. As my fourth outfielder, I'm, you know, or third outfielder, I guess, with uh, Chu getting hurt already. Um, you know, I'll take that. So, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It's kind I of like strange. Peterson. 
you know, sorry to jump in there on you, but uh, I was just going to say it's no, strange right. to me that I've seen a couple drafts take place. Um, like I watched the talent recap and all that good stuff. Jack Peterson seems to be going for not that much money, and after all the hype he had, like as a prospect coming up last year in season, I thought he would definitely go more for six. But uh, yeah, I think that's a great pick on your part. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that overall, that's the guy I was the most excited about landing at that value and at his price tag. I was just kind of surprised, and I think with the whole Bryant and Rodon in domination this spring, at Peterson's very good performance just kind of got missed, kind of swept under the rug in a lot of ways. So uh, I'll take it, that's for sure. So I think a lot of owners got a pretty good value on him this year. Yeah, I've definitely heard a lot of good things about him. And just from just what people were saying about his minor league record uh, stats, I don't have them up right now, but what, he's like a 30-30 guy. Uh, to get him yep. for six bucks is pretty nice. Um, I thought you were going to say your favorite pick was Jed Jerko. I've seen you oh, yeah, yeah. tweet a couple times about him. You <laughs> traded for him in the league we're in together. Uh, what, yep. what gives you faith in Jed Jerko to do anything this year um, that to make I up for that terrible I think, it's, I think it's just his track record is pretty consistent and solid with what happened in 2013. I can't, I'm with some of the other guys who think, you know, 2014 was kind of a lost season. Plantar fasciitis is very painful. I dealt with it while running. I couldn't imagine playing Major League Baseball every day with it. Uh, it's got to impact his swing as well. So I I just can't help but think that last year was just kind of an injury plague year, him playing through injuries. And, uh, you know, now with the lineup suddenly stout around him, he's got a lot less pressure. He's healthy. I, You know, the power's legit. And he's, you know, never really hit below 260 in the minors. So I don't see why he can't get back to that level and hit out 25, 30 home runs again and, you know, be a top 10 second baseman. So I've always been high on Jericho. I'm a Jericho fan. I will not hide it. (laughs) So, yeah, Yeah. it's almost habit for me to get him. So that's kind of why, you know, I don't even say like, oh, I'm excited to get Jericho because I just, I get him at all costs. So I guess at that point, yeah. It's more you're expecting to get him as opposed to surprise to get him. Exactly. But, uh, yep. Yep. yeah, it's definitely not a bad thing to get 20-plus home runs from a middle infielder. Um, I actually think the middle infield crop this year kind of deep, kind of deeper than I think it has been in a few years. Um, all right, my personal pick for the rebound guy who was terrible last year, I'm on the Andrelton Simmons train. Um, okay. I know he was terrible last year uh, and batted like 230. But they got a new hitting coach who's done some great things in the past. I don't know. I just kind of like him. And, again, would I pick him over Jose Reyes? No. But if I am picking him for my last pick, like, I'm pretty I'm pretty good with that. Um, I am interested where Jerko is going to bat in the lineup. I, I assume middle of the lineup. They don't have a lot else besides Myers, Upton, and Kemp. Oh, they have, they have Derek Norris now, too. So that is, yeah, that's a pretty good lineup for him to slide into compared to last year. Yeah, for um, sure. All right. So looking through here, who was your first pick, by the way? Who who would you go? I see you have Encarnacion uh, as your, your most expensive at 29, which is pretty good, having pretty good value there. But was he yeah. your first one? Yeah, I was actually I was actually shocked. He was my first, uh, yeah, my first winning bid. Um, you know, seeing the prices of other guys who had went, I was ready and expecting to pay more than I did. So 
getting him where I did and what um, what price it in under thirty bucks. I was I was very happy with that. So yeah, he was my first bid, and then I followed up with uh, Rendon uh, for twenty five. So wow. I was content with that at first, <laughs> and a little hesitant now with Rendon, but I, I do think he'll be okay. And if I only miss a month, I've got my guy Jericho to plug in there if I need to. So. Uh, poor, poor rundown. God, I'm heartbroken over this. And you know what? I'm probably overreacting. <laughs> like, we talked a little bit about this before we got out of here. But uh, he, I played in my first keeper league last year. I got him for the minimum bid. Nobody else bid against me. He was amazing. I was convinced I had the greatest keeper, and now he's hurt. <laughs> so I just don't want my parade to be rained on. But, yeah, three. I heard three weeks. That's not a huge amount of time for a, a baseball season that lasts five, six months. Um, I think he should come back fine. And just that lineup is so good uh, Yeah, to be in there. To, like he scored, what, 111 runs last year or something, I think. He yep. definitely something around there. It's too good to just – he's too good of a player to avoid just for missing three weeks. If the injury is worse than that, maybe it's, you know, terrible. But um, like Jose Reyes last year, first at bat of the season, pulls his hamstring. He's out for a month. But I think he was still a top five shortstop last year, missing him a month. So you could definitely still get value yep. out of him. Um, sure. Did you – you drafted, what, a week and a half ago, two weeks? When when when, when did the draft yeah. take place? Oh, I'm trying to even remember the date now. <laughs> I had so many drafts. Well, it was that, March 17th, so it was actually okay. two weeks ago. Well, a little um, over. So, yeah. So how much info was out? Did you lower your bids or anything? Like, did you top out on Red Dome lower than you would have um, because of this injury speculation or had he got hurt yet? I don't I don't know exactly when he got hurt, but... Yeah, I I think there was the grumblings about the MCL before the draft. I definitely knew about it. I just okay. didn't... I just remember hearing there was no structural damage. Uh, you know, this draft was before the whole Dr. Andrews panic. Once I heard that, I would have been like, uh-oh, I probably overpaid. But... Uh, Thankfully, well, he, it kind of came back relatively clean. So, yeah, he gave yeah. him a nice bill of health. So, that's always yep. good to see. Um, okay, I personally love the Rendon pick. I think people are freaking out over nothing. People are like me, like I'm freaking out, but I think a lot of people are freaking out over nothing. That could just be positive yep. thinking. Uh, but yeah, I think he'll be fine. Uh, all right, let's go okay. and talk about some of your pitchers here. Garrett Richards. What uh, what was your thinking with him? I know he's out until May, I believe, probably late May. Yep. Um, are you just yep. trying? Was he just a great value pick at the end, or were you trying to steal him early? When did uh, how that pick turn? Yeah, he about? he was actually my third. He was actually my third winning bid. He got nominated really early. I think someone was hoping to kind of slip him in uh, between you know some of these big name guys and hoping that people would maybe not bid as much, but. I just, I'm really high on pitching. I'm really high on young pitching with great peripherals, and Richards has them. And his uh, season prior to injury was just phenomenal. Um, and I don't know if uh, people played with me or know me. I, I tend to play on the riskier side, not complete risk, but I take risk on young pitchers who've maybe had a rough season or, you know, a season that doesn't pan out as much as people expected. Um, if their track record and minor league record kind of stands up, I'll try to buy into them more and cheap. Uh, and kind of like buying low on guys, just 
kind of like a blind leap of faith. At least a couple guys. <laughs> last year, uh, I, I last year I had Jared Parker was one. Okay. And of course that that turned out bad. Not necessarily because he performed bad. It was injury, not his fault. But so that was a dud. But my other guy was Corey Kluber, and we all know how that turned out. So uh, sometimes kind of throwing darts and hoping that you get a guy with the talent and all the skills that's maybe kind of getting overlooked. I, I just like to target guys. And Richards is still getting a lot, plenty of hype because of his talent, but uh, I just didn't want to miss him. And I figured if I could get him under 15, I was going to do it. So uh, I pulled the trigger on him. Yeah, I think that's a pretty pretty nice buy for thirteen bucks. Um, did you were you going for pitchers late and or anything like that to try to fill his spot for two months, or are you just sort of winging it with who you've got? Yeah, yeah, I just got him and wanted to feel out since he was my third pick. I was I I, I always kind of load up on pitching. Um, usually use my bench spots for them. Uh, you know, if I have five bench spots, I'll get four pitchers and one bat. Uh, something like that. I, I usually don't like having too many hitters on my bench just because if my lineup's good enough and set enough, I shouldn't need to use them, and I'd much rather rotate in pitchers when available. So um, I got him just knowing that I would hopefully get at least one tier one, tier two ace, and yeah. uh, go, go from there. And like I was saying, I, I like to target my third tier, fourth tier young pitchers. And uh, I kind of pulled that off, and I kind of got a few old guys, too. But I think it's a balanced staff. I, I like it. Yeah. Um, before we get on to my favorite pitcher of yours, I like what you said there about the uh, filling your bench spots with pitchers. Um, mm-hmm. Are you are you in that Chandler Park League we did for so-called fantasy experts? No, I unfortunately passed on it. Uh, but I, I will do a few, and I, I did – I think I did six last year. I, I absolutely love that format. It's a little different with the, you know – the lineup setting weekly uh, yeah. for loading up and pitching, but it it's awesome. So I'm, I'm glad you got into that. That's it's a cool opportunity for sure. Yeah. So for anybody who doesn't know, um, it's it's basically a sag. I guess it's salary cap league, but you draft a team per month, and I don't think you can pick up or drop anybody once the month starts. Um, but I just filled up all of my bench with pitching and was like, I'm just going to trust my like I don't want to be switching in a fourth outfielder every two days trying to catch a hot streak. So uh, I can yep. definitely relate to that bench strategy of yours. Yep. But the guy I wanted to talk about, my favorite pick of yours, Hishashi Iwakuma, nine bucks. How the hell did you pull that off? I don't know. And that that's, I was going to bring that up next. That that was probably my second favorite pick. And, and I was, like I said earlier, I'm in too many leagues. I'm in eight or nine leagues. And Iwakuma is one of the guys on ev- almost every single one of my rosters except for one league. And every time I got him really late. And I'm not sure if it's just because he's behind Felix or he's just not super flashy. Why? But he got overlooked this year. And he, even in the experts league, he was just sitting out there. And I was like, nine bucks. I was ready to go up to 17 for him. And yeah. I won him at nine. So I kind of like did an out loud, yeah. <laughs> Couldn't that believe is, it. So that is a fantastic pick. Um, at the risk of giving away my draft strategy for the two that have not been done yet, um, can you tell I'm a little bitter that I haven't? I still have drafts to do, and the season starts in like 30 yeah. hours. Uh, I have honestly considered just going with Iwakuma as like my ace of the staff and trying to fill out the rest with like mid-tier guys. So 
if I end up with Iwakuma for nine bucks, I think I'll just like take a lap around the the bar we're drafting at, um, or maybe buy a round of drinks for everybody to pay them back for the decrease in value. But yeah. I love him. I, I think yeah. his peripherals are fantastic. Uh, he misses bats. He plays in a great park, and the Mariners are just like steadily improving now with Cano. Kyle Seeger's broken out. If Cruz can produce, uh, Nelson Cruz can produce. That's a pretty good team. He can definitely get some wins up there. So, for, for sure, people, and he's not going to hurt you. No, definitely. He's not, not going to hurt you in your staff. An ERA of like three, you know, around there, three twenty, and then the best part is whip. His whip's like barely above one. Yeah, he doesn't so, walk anybody. I, yeah, you can't go wrong with that kind of talent as your either your number two for sure, or even your eighth. You could probably sneak him in. Yeah, I, I'm looking it up now. In 179 innings last year, he walked 21 people, I think. Yep. Yeah. 21. Jesus Christ. God, I am gonna. I have to buy this guy. Uh, I hope nobody is yeah. listening. Actually, I hope my entire league is listening because, you know, pump up the viewership. But still, if they steal him from me, I'm going to be stealing <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Right? Yeah. Pros. Yep. Uh, but I think that's a great pick. Uh, anybody you were sort of felt the overbid on at all? Uh I know you said Sinchu Chu got hurt. Uh, any regrets on who you bought? Anything like that? Yeah, I'm kind of satisfied with my team. If anything, I'm I'm a little remorseful that I wasn't more aggressive. I uh, I had done my actually slugging for Jude Experts League literally the night before, and uh, I was very aggressive in that one. And I actually had an incident uh, where I, I don't know if I had network lag or what, but my bid button was up. And I wanted to bid on Matt Harvey for $18, and it wasn't accepting, so I just started hitting the dreaded enter button three or four times. And next thing I know, it kind of like did a little lag, clicked back on, and I won Matt Harvey. So I was like, all right. And then I saw I won him for $39. Oh, my (laughs) God. I was like, oh, no. So just kind of talk about winging it. My entire auction strategy was just kind of blown up from there. I still really like my team, but it was uh, a learning experience. And I, I don't know. I mean, that shouldn't have impacted me too much, but I, I was a little bit more withheld during this draft. So, yeah, well, gun that's shy no real regret. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely seems like a pretty solid team. Uh, you've got a pretty good pitching staff, good amount of speed. Uh, maybe it depends. I guess Peter said sort of your speed guy. It all depends on what he does, but – uh, we didn't even say you have Justin Upton or Kyle Seeger, and you have Kyle, uh, Corey yep. Kluber. So you've got some pretty nice guys. I'm a big Ryan Zimmerman fan this year. Uh, I think he played great last year until he – like three Nationals yep. broke their thumbs sliding into bases. Like that's so fluky. I think he should be a great pick. Um, how many yeah. teams How many teams were in this league, 12, 15? This was a 12-team. Okay. Well, these are some very nice, very nice guys. Uh, what else? I was one other thing I wanted to ask you here. Uh, God, I lost my place. Oh, Francisco Liriano. What? Uh, yes. What are your thoughts with him? Because I, I tend to hear some. He's sort of divisive, at least the circles I listen. Some people love him. Some people think he's just some cheap strikeouts. What? Uh, what were you sort of hoping to get from him? That's kind of what I, what I have for him. I just always kind of, I love his strikeout 
capabilities, and that's pretty much at that point. He was likely going to be, you know, my fifth, fourth or fifth starter. It's like, hey, may as well just load up on a K guy. I had Fister and, uh, um, you know, even Eva Kuma, who gets plenty of strikeouts, but not not necessarily their forte. Um, so I wanted some extra padding in the, the strikeouts, and Liriano, I figured, did that, even though he's he's a given to get blown up a few times a year, at least. You know, he'll have some of those two-inning starts. <laughs> but you never know. I mean, if it's like 2013, I'll be very happy. So Yeah. Uh, I tend to think, like, or at least with my pitchers, um, when I draft people, I always expect, or I'm hoping they're just going to pitch, like, with a 2-5 ERA for the whole season. So when that first blow-up comes, it's like a shock to the system, at least for me. Yep. Uh, I had A.J. Burnett last year, which did not work out at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he pitched pretty solidly for a little while. Then there was like the eight, eight runs in an inning and a third. And it's like that was sort of hard to swallow. Um, I don't think I'll be taking Liriano this year just because I can only handle so much of that just like yeah. – panic of like how many people have scored on Liriano so far like oh nine awesome <laughs> this this is a terrible night nothing else could make this worse um but yeah I think uh how do you think your team stacks up to the rest of them in the league I, I think it's pretty pretty good and if my upside guys pan out like I'm hoping they are I, I should I'm definitely I think I'm in playoff contention for sure uh and you know who knows what happens if if guys like Wood Richards and Rendon can come back and um, be healthy. Seager can kind of come close or even repeat what he did last year. I'll be in very good shape. I, I really like my team. So, um, yeah, I really wish Wheeler tragedy didn't happen. That was the one other pick I was wanted to mention for sure. I got him uh, on auto bid for a dollar, and literally the next day is when, his, when he left the start after two outs and had uh, Tommy John. So well, he wasn't. He wasn't even hurt when you got. I, I was assuming he was hurt when you because you told me you auto fit on him. I thought. Uh, I yeah. Thought he was hurt when well, you maybe him. he was. He may have been actually. Now that I think about it. But either way, I had to drop him immediately. So uh, I replaced him with Cindergard. So just as this deep, deep stash, <laughs> figuring he'll probably get called up eventually, and who knows? So it's weird that the Mets yeah. have such a good pitching staff. Um, but before we move on from this league, you said you there's what there's playoffs in this league. So was it points, roto, head to head? But I, be, I believe actually, you know what? The, yeah, I think you're right. I think this actually is a roto league, so there is no playoffs. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say. <laughs> All right. Well, see, yeah, I'm in too many leagues. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm just hoping to finish in the top five for sure. And you know, who knows? I'm hoping to compete. Content. Right, well, well, we are definitely gonna have to get you back on. I don't know every. Two months, we'll say two months now. Where's your busy guy um, to to check back in on some of these teams? We'd like to see our sure. fan, our so-called fantasy experts teams to win. That'd be nice if we get a clean sweep uh, on yeah. some of these. All right, but now let's move to the league. We are in together, slugging for Jude Dynasty League. Uh, and listeners, before we get into anybody, any of the picks we have, any of the uh, annoying people we dealt with. There is such a coincidence in this league that it, I don't know how often this has ever happened or if it's ever happened, um, but you'll, you'll think it's amazing too. So I'm in this league, 15, what is this, 15 team, 14 team dynasty with a few random people. It's like six writers from fantasy uh, 
so-called fantasy experts, and then some other guys. Uh, I'm also in a 20-team CBS league. Half of them are people I know. Half of them are random. The same guy is in both leagues with me. His name is Nate. Uh, I'm in a, two random leagues with the same person, and I cannot believe – like, the odds of this happening, I still can't get over. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Like, Chris, I'm sure you've never seen anything like this, but it's amazing. So. No. No, that's very odd. I, I totally crazy. So that's why that he uh, just recognized you too. Do you have the same team name or? Yeah. So because I have that, um, I spent a lot of time on my team name. I wrote the first story I wrote for so-called fantasy experts was uh, my friend and I made up a advanced stat for judging fantasy team names. So I spent a lot of time. You should go read it. It's called Borfin. It's fantastic. It's hilarious. You're gonna love it. Um, but so my team name, I spent a lot of time on it. I, like, Photoshopped a picture. It's a pretty, like, you. if you saw this picture, you'd be like, okay, you'd recognize it if you saw it again. So I guess that's how, how he pulled me out. But uh, I will say he drafted much better in the Slugging for Jude League than in the other one. Uh, he, took <laughs> Evan, he took Evan Gaddis in the second round of a 20-team Dynasty League. So Holy not God. sure. Yeah, right? he took Evan Gaddis and... I don't remember whose third pick was, but uh, some people thought he was just in it to ruin the league. But no, he, he's really in it to try to win. I'm sorry if I put you on blast, Nate. But anyway, that's enough about my crazy uh, crazy life in fantasy sports. All right, but slugging for Jude. Uh, first, how did you get involved with this whole thing, like this uh, for Jude? Because I, I, you know, I saw your posts. I gave some money, but, you know, why don't you explain to listeners how you sort of got in on it? Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, well, pretty much it's Jude Anderson. It's a three-year-old little guy who uh, has leukemia. Uh, he initially got diagnosed when he was 18 months. Um, he also happens to be one of my best buddies from since middle school's uh, kid. Okay. So, uh, so he had leukemia when he was 18, went through treatment, chemo, you know, all three rounds, uh, which is just hard to imagine for anyone, more or less an 18-month-old. Yeah. And he defeated it, was pretty much relapsed as clear, um, and, uh, you know, like pretty much lived a normal little boy life for about six months, um, aside from the routine doctor's checkups. And at one of his now routine spinal taps, they actually found more leukemia cells in his spinal cord, which was concerning because that's, they weren't there before. Uh, so needless to say, he's fighting it again. He's gone through his first round of chemo. I believe he's starting his second right now, uh, even today. And, uh, so he's just battling that again. And, um, I don't know if anyone listening or if you know firsthand or not, but, you know, cancer, anything medical serious like that is extremely expensive. So, uh, they had a GoFundMe site and my wife and I donated immediately like we always do, but it's kind of like, ah, you know wish we could donate more and I just thought I don't know what if I created a crap ton of fantasy baseball (laughs) and had people do something they love but maybe on the side either instead of a league fee or as an extra bonus donate money to Jude and uh, I just kind of went with that kind of filled out a few leagues and it really caught on so I just kept going with it and kind of did what I could so that's how it developed and uh, I love Dynasty Leagues personally, so I'm like, if that can entice more people to play, I'll set those up and join another one. And, um, you know, like I said earlier, I'm in way too many leagues 
but it's worth it because uh, yeah. three or four of the extra leagues are for this. So <laughs> yeah, I'm well, hoping next year I can thin it back down. <laughs> yeah, it's not often but, you can say you're playing fantasy baseball for a good reason. Um, trying to explain mm-hmm. to my girlfriend why I play fantasy baseball is hard. So this is this is at least uh, justifiable. So besides exactly. being a yep. great cause, uh, you're a very good commissioner. I appreciated those. Chris would tweet me uh, what it was my pick. We did a slow draft. Um, subject of a lot of frustration and debate. But uh, I would get a tweet or an email or something like that, like, hey, you got four hours to pick. Don't Not to rush you, but six people in the league are already furious and you've taken 20 minutes on the clock. Um, yep. I've never done a slow draft before, so that was pretty interesting, hearing those people complain. So, yep. Um, but all right, let's get into the teams here. I'm pretty happy with my team. I got a nice young core. My favorite pick, because we talked about your picks before, so let me be selfish here for a little bit. I'm a huge Marcel Lazuna fan for this year. Uh, this is a dynasty mm-hmm. league, so he's only 22, 23, 23 maybe. He's incredibly young. He's younger than I am, and I'm 24. So that should tell you something about how good he is and how long I will have him on my team. Um, yep. I don't know. It was a pretty, it was a fun draft. I've never done fan tracks before. This was on fan tracks, so that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think uh, we talked to Joe Bond a few weeks ago about this league, and we were talking about some of the how people went so prospect heavy early. Did you? You said you've been a year in a ton of yep. dynasty leagues. Is that something that happens in most of yours? I've only been in two, so. Yeah, yeah, uh, I was in a few before this with uh, Dynasty Sports Empire and those leagues, and. There's always, uh, you know, it depends how deep it is, too. I think you see it more in, like, 14, 16-team leagues. You're you're almost going to have the guy, I don't want to say, like, giving up, but it's just I don't I don't get the strategy. I love prospects as much as the next guy. Obviously, I, I mean, I write about them, and I worship them, but I, <laughs> it's, just not a, it's just not a winning strategy to me in Dynasty. And, yeah, some guys will just nail every top prospect in the hopes that, you know, they pan out, and then maybe in 2016, 2017, they'll be a top-of-the-line team. It's possible, but in the four years I've played, I rarely see it work out. And a lot of times those prospects end up getting traded. So, um, yeah, it, I think it's just guys thinking, Dynasty, I must go young. You know, and there's guys like in the – I'm actually dr- still drafting. It's almost done another Dynasty League right now. And I got Adrian Beltre in the eighth round. And I was like, what? I want to win now. This And I just kept seeing them, and I kept seeing these young prospects going up the board. I'm like, I'm going to wait. If I don't get them, I'll be upset. But And I, I finally pulled the trigger in round eight. And it's because guys see their age, and they just don't want to buy into a guy like that. And, I'm, you know, I don't care. If it's Dynasty, I want to win now. And Bill yeah, right. starts nice young core, but not an entire young core. It's, it, it will kill you. So, yeah, yeah it's, it it's interesting. Take, it could definitely take like five years. I think probably with the yep. dynasty league, it's going to take four to five years before all of your prospects are up and they're adjusted to major league pitching or adjusted to major league hitting. And they're actually good. Like how many Mike Trout has ruined. I've said this before, but I think Mike Trout has ruined prospecting for everybody. Um, yep. Cause everybody wants to be the person that gets the next Mike Trout which will probably never happen again, but people yeah. want to get, uh, I, I think that's and not to go back, go on to Chris Bryant. Cause I've, people have talked too much about him, but 
people probably think he's going to be the next Mike Trout. So I need to get Chris Bryant in the fourth round. Um, yep. Which, you know, yep. dynasty leagues make sense, but still. Like, I got Victor Martinez in, I don't know what round, but he, like he's 37. I'll have him for two years, and then I'll move on. It's always nice to yep. have a championship ring in your pocket uh, yep. before most other guys' teams even start start producing. Yeah, so, yeah. and I mean, the bottom line is you need to set a, a lineup. I mean, unless you're truly just in it to win it two years down the road, you, you need guys who are playing. You can't just have <laughs> 12 guys in the minors in your starting lineup. So, you know, deep rosters, it's fun to get prospects, and I think that's kind of part of it. I think people just worry and you tend to notice it with the habits of draft, and especially in slow draft. You'll see a guy go, Carlos Rodon will go, and then all of a sudden, boom, 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 three more prospects will go because people are worried that the guys they're kind of targeting are going to go. And I think that's kind of what causes it, people just kind of going with the, the habits of the rest of the league. So, so yeah. yeah, I'll just sit back and snipe my veterans. <laughs> not, not to give away, again, more of my strategy. You hear this public and fans, I'm giving away all of my strategy for you so you can learn. I actually honestly drafted like three prospects just hoping to trade them because if people are yep. so so high on these prospects, like I took Tim Anderson of the White Sox, who's like a super athletic shortstop for the White Sox, uh, which I just yep. said twice, but he may never make it. I'd rather just trade him and get an actual person who's proven in the major leagues, and if he turns out to be the next Hanley Ramirez, well, that sucks for me. But he might not, and I could get real value for future value. I'll take a dollar now versus maybe two dollars later. Yep. Prospecting yep. is always fun. makes sense. Um, yep. So it's it. I like to make my targets, make ten or twelve targets that I I kind of really want, and then just kind of go from there and space it out. I don't like going back to back prospects, and um, you know, in this particular league, I actually did trade up. I didn't like any of the veterans, and I traded up, and I ended up getting, uh, shoot, I didn't even take it in. I think it was Joey Gallo and uh, um, Urias, that's who it was, Julio, the Uh, Dodgers. I I had to get those two guys, and that was the only time I really went prospect crazy, but it was worth it for those two, I think. Yeah, I took uh, took Syndergaard as my first one, and I think he probably won't be a prospect much longer. Nope. Yep. Add to the staff. Uh, the only flaw I see with my team, and I've already dropped a few people. Uh, I was in Seattle two and a half weeks ago when this draft was wrapping up. So I put it on okay. auto pick. I put it on auto pick just for the reserves. I ended up with like five corner infielders on my bench. I had like Ike Davis, Garrett Jones, <laughs> James Lodi, David <laughs> Freeze, um, somebody else I just dropped. I'm like, what? what the hell? Like, why would you auto pick me six corner infielders? I already have a starting lineup. Um, so I'm a little shallow on the, the pitcher side, but uh, okay. who knows? I might have to sell off some of those prospects um, sooner than later, but this is actually a nice segue because you are the prospect guy. That's so-called fantasy expert. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to go over some of, uh, some of what you uh, put together for us over there. Sure. All right. Now my first question Carlos Correa or Addison Russell? I saw you put Correa at three. How, I don't know, did you have, I, most people put Correa ahead. Did you think at all to put Russell, you know, maybe top three? Because I hear he's doing some fanta- fantastic things for the Cubs. Yeah, yeah. I, I Those two are, 
uh, my top four was probably the hardest four to come up with. Uh, I I love Buxton. I had a hard time even not having him number one still, but you just can't you just can't ignore Bryant and what he's done in the last season of Buxton. But Correa and Russell are they're very very close to me. I think Correa's got you know more power, uh, even a little bit more upside. But Russell is going to be very very good, um, and he may even make it up this year at some point especially with Baez uh, still struggling and with the, uh, you never know. There there's, seems to always be the whirling Castro trade rumors uh, just for space. But, yeah, you know, I don't, uh, I think Correa is going to be up and more productive in the long term than Russell will be. But they're very close. It is It is interesting to me, what like trying to figure out what the Cubs are going to do with that infield. Uh, with Baez yeah. and Russell and Castro. And Alcantara was a second baseman, I think, in the minors. Now he plays outfield. But yep. like they're, yep. usually usually people are looking for middle infield prospects, and they just seem to have all of them. So um, I don't know. I'm interested to see if Baez really does struggle. Would they you know, switch him out for Russell and see if Russell's any better? Uh, yeah. Just to yeah. be... It's been interesting. The Cubs are just an interesting, going to be an interesting uh, case study this year with like Chris Bryant, Russell, Baez. Who I don't yeah. even know. What do you What do you think about Baez? I wouldn't touch Baez with like a five foot pole this year. But yeah, it's a it depends on his value. This year, I'm not touching him. I, I he his K rate. I didn't even really like him that much last year when the hype really grew. His power is phenomenal through the roof, but his K rate is is absolutely frightening. And when you look at how many strikeouts he had last year after the call up, <laughs> it's uh he 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 needs to figure out discipline, there's no doubt about it. So, um but yeah, if he even drops his K rate by like ten points, he's gonna he's gonna be a frightening, frightening player since his his power is, is unbelievable. Yeah, he swings a very violent bat. Um, yep. Just watching some of those home runs he hit last year, I was like, oh, my God, how how can he launch the ball like that? Um, Jesus. And my actual favorite person on the Cubs is Jorge Soler. Uh, he's, batting oh, yeah. like, he's batting like 500 this spring. I almost said summer. It's actually still winter in New York where I am. Um, but that's besides the point. Uh, he's hitting like 450 or 500, and this maybe is why Russell doesn't get as much love either. Is the like Brian overshadows everybody? But I think he's going to be a fantastic right fielder. He's their everyday right fielder now. I think. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, so uh, I, I've seen a few trades in other leagues already involving Soler, and um, you know, people are like, I don't know, I really like him. It's like, well, if you like him, don't get rid of him. And there's no reason not to. He's looking good in spring. He's the full-time guy now, and the talent's there, so may as well see what you got. But, yeah, I, I really like Solaire. I think he's got the tools and solid power, speed. He's he's just kind of a well-rounded guy, so can't go wrong with that. He looks major yeah. league ready to me, So and you know, he's going to hit for average. Doesn't strike out a ton, um, so you can't go wrong with that. And his uh, his Babbitt's 
serviceable already, which is pretty impressive for a young guy last year. So I think he's that's only going to improve. This is all music this to my year. ears. Uh, in one keeper league, I am in. The rosters expand on September 1st. Whenever actual major league rosters expand, our fantasy league rosters expand, then he was our expansion pick. So he's our keeper for like three years. So okay. I really, I really loved that the uh, hype was focused on bias last year. And, and nobody – people paid attention to Solaire, but he was totally under the radar. Um, yep. Okay, moving from the bat to another question I have about some pitching prospects. Daniel Norris and Aaron Sanchez, Blue Jays pitchers. Um, everybody's heard the terrible news about Marcus Stroman and his torn ACL. Uh, yeah. I don't know if both of them have made the rotation. I know Norris, I think, is in it. but I believe you, Norris made it, and for now, Sanchez is bullpen. Bullpen. Um, where where he may be better suited for the moment. I, I'm not sure. I, um, I don't know. I thought Sanchez was going to be more of the starting guy, but Norris is just pitching too well to be denied. So yeah, I, I believe the, that's the experiment. A lot of the not hype. Uh, a lot of the what's the word I'm looking for? Like the people were suggesting. That's not the best way I want the way I wanted to say it, but people were suggesting Sanchez was sort of in that I uh, was a sleeper for the closer role there um, before Stroman yep. got hurt. Um, but I always thought he was ranked ahead of, at least in my mind, I thought he was ahead of Daniel Norris because I heard about Sanchez last year. I hadn't heard about Norris as much until this season or this off season. When the, did you see that article in, on ESPN about how he lives in his van? No. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm really glad I can break this to you because I like telling every single person about it. Um, <laughs> I, I guess his parents raised him to be very humble and modest. So in the off season, he just lives in a 1970s VW Bug. Like it was parked in a Walmart, a 24-hour Walmart parking lot. He sleeps in it. He works out next to it. He lives on like $800 a month, but he's like had a $3 million signing bonus. Um, what? <laughs> yeah, right? It's crazy. Wow. He's your 15th That's best prospect, cool. and he is living in a van. Um, but so, I mean, I've heard more about Sanchez. Do you think Norris will be able to hold that back end of the rotation spot, or do you think he'll even be good at it, or do you think they're just trying to season him? Yeah, you know, I I think he will. I, I He just seems to have the kind of swagger about him, and uh, yeah, I his K rate is pretty, pretty good. I, I mean, yeah. it was really good in the minors. It, it really it took a hit the, in the, when he got called up. But his first strikeout was, uh, I think, pretty famous. It was Ortiz, I believe. So that's a pretty good uh, notch to put on your belt. But he's got he's got good speed, good velocity, and uh, you know a very nasty changeup. So I think he's he's going to be uh, good. And, uh, you know, I don't know if he's going to be dominant this year, but he's going to be definitely a serviceable number five starter, I think. Uh, so I think a lot I can of people... see chance of... Oh, go ahead. No, 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 keep going, keep going. I was just going to say Sanchez, I can see him maybe staying in the, the bullpen for now until he kind of gets some of the control issues worked out. Um, and, you know, he seems to kind of be thriving in it right now, so we'll just see what happens. 
Yeah. I I think he could definitely make a great closer. Um, from what I've seen, he has a profile to be a closer. Uh, but what I was going to say about Norris is how you brought up that memorable first strikeout. It's very reminiscent of uh, last year when Stroman threw that slider to yeah. Eric Hosmer. And I, like everybody saw the video of Hosmer like saying "Wow!" like out loud. Wow! Good yep. it was. Yep. <laughs> uh, so I, I think a lot of people are going to look for Norris to be Marcus Stroman 2.0 this, yeah. this season. Which I mean, Marcus Stroman pitched way better than even I thought, and I had him on my team. Uh, so if he could. I'm going to take. I'll definitely take a few risks on Norris this year, but I don't think I can realistically expect how good no. to be. Uh, how to be Strowman? Yeah, I don't but think I, so. And um, you know, from what I've seen, he's been the most one of the most added players uh, over the last week is uh, Norris. So I think once he kind of locked in that job, people are buying in on it, and the talent is there. So uh, why not? It's because they saw the article on ESPN about how he lives in his van. I think it's amazing. Yes. I just feel like yes, that has. It it's like a it's like a mentality thing. Like you, you know, he's not going to get too stressed out when he gives up. He walks the first two guys in an inning because he lives in his van and he sometimes can't like get his little uh, stove to turn on for an hour. So he's like he's dealt with bigger <laughs> problems in his life than walking two batters to start the second inning. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, makeup is and, uh, it's hard for, to it's hard to judge makeup, but I think he's mentally ready yeah. for it. So. Yeah, and for what it's worth, I just looked, uh, double checked. It does look like they got Sanchez penciled in as the number five starter right now. So uh, at least on MLB.com. So yeah, they got Norris at number three and Sanchez at number five. So, so who's four? Who's it, Hutchinson? Four, four is Burley. I don't. They got Hutchinson as number one, and this Dickey number two. Yeah, so it, this is MLB. So I don't know. It was updated today, though. So well, as, as long as they're both. Last as long as they're both in the rotation, I think that'll um, be interesting. Just because yeah. I, again, like I feel like Sanchez has gotten more, more limelight. Maybe that's because Norris is sort of a preserved person. I don't know how much that matters in prospect circles, but. It'll definitely be interesting. And you have Norris ranked higher than Sanchez, which I I like. I think that's agreeable. Um, so I look forward to seeing what they yep. can do this year. Um, yeah. I mean, we could just go through here and talk about every prospect, but who, uh, which guys really stood out to you when you were going through this list? Like um, who you think, besides the Bryants and the Addison Russell, the Buxton, like the top besides the top fifteen guys, who do you think could really come up this year and make a give an impact, like a fantasy team, like a a Stroman esque sure. impact? Yeah, uh, honestly, it's I think he, it's going to happen this year. I'm hoping it is. It's not a guarantee, but my uh, my future man crush, as I call him, is uh, is actually Jesse Winker, outfielder for the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, Really, really like his talent. Really love his skill set, um, and he just uh, he just kind of gets overlooked again. He's one of those guys, but his his uh, his numbers and skill set is is there, and I believe he's going to um, have a chance this year. Um, yeah, he, he's got a good swing, four tool skill set. 
uh, you know, he's not super fast. Uh, that's like his downside, no speed. But the power is there, and it's only going to develop more. Uh, he swings for a nice average. And, uh, yeah, I, I think with the Reds kind of outfield currently, I, I can see a spot opening up at some point. Uh, and people will get excited for Mr. Winker pretty soon. Is he the uh is he a redhead? I don't know if you would know that. Uh, I, I don't no, no, he's not. That's Clint Clint no, Frazier. You're thinking of Clint Frazier, yeah. Uh, yeah. has got yeah, brown hair. But he was uh he's a cool guy. I saw him at the Futures game this year since it was in Bliss, so that was that was pretty awesome seeing him in Target Field, uh kind of playing games with the fans, throwing balls around and stuff. So uh he's got the swagger already, that's for sure. So I, I I'm thinking we'll we'll probably see him this year, uh, next year for sure. But Winker is one of the guys I'm really watching and excited for. Uh, another guy is um, I actually really like Kyle Zimmer, the Royals. Uh, you know he's he's put off a little bit now with the injury, but uh, he's someone I'm going to be watching um, over the next few seasons um, for sure. Uh, Guys who are playing already, you know, a few names, Dalton Pompey um, and Michael Taylor. Uh, they both have opportunities right off the bat. Um, and if they weren't drafted, you know, they're worth keeping an eye on, maybe as a waiver wire ad just to see what happens. Uh, Taylor's likely not going to stay up long, but if he plays like he did in spring, they're going to have a hard time sending him down um, yeah. in Washington. So. I've I've definitely yep. heard um, a lot of people trying to, or just in fantasy, you know, preseason stuff, talk about Michael Taylor and how that outfield is so injury prone that he might be a good speculation pick at the end of the draft because Harper has a tendency to run into stuff. Yeah, and worth just gets hurt. Uh, Denard Span has an injury, so I mean, if he could steal six bases, five bases, and hit a home run or two in the first month of the season with uh, his with span on the DL, I think. Like, that's a good amount yes, of time, like, a, a production. It's for like, I a think guy. it's at least a month and a half, yeah. Well, all right, then I'm definitely going to get Taylor uh, on Saturday. But it's like it's – like people don't think about stuff like that. They really want the prospect to be there the whole season, um, again, to turn into Mike Trout. But if you can get a month worth of high-level production out of a prospect and then move on, I think that's something you should definitely go after. Yep. Uh, so Taylor, I like Taylor. Um, he's somebody I will be targeting. Uh, I noticed you're pretty pitcher-heavy on this. Uh, actually, it gets – yeah, I think it's probably pretty pitcher-heavy. Any – I don't know. Do you just think pitchers are – there's better pitchers right now in the minors or – yeah, I think well, I think just the league in general is just very. That's probably part of it. The league it just seems to be very much more, I guess, pitching dominated. You know, like the power pitchers, the guys who are getting tons of Ks, high velocity, and um, I think because of that, they just tend to kind of dominate the minors, and then maybe it, it balances out a little bit more in the majors. You know, when they face major league hitters, but it, it just seems like guys are consistently top. 100 prospects are consistently like averaging a K an inning, you know, and if it's under that, it's kind of disappointing. So I think that's just kind of the, the phase we're in right now in, in baseball. And 
Um, I'm always a pitching guy anyway, so I kind of lean that that way naturally. But I think uh, I think it is kind of going that way, and I think the pitching prospects right now are very good. So it's going to be uh, very exciting to see a lot of these kids come up in a couple of years um, and just kind of replace some of the other guys because there's a lot of a lot of talent out there. Yeah, you don't you don't generally hear about pitching prospects who are heavy ground ball pitchers. Uh, they're not usually in the top 100. You hear about the guys throwing nope. 101 miles an hour or striking out 11 batters per nine or something like that. Um, yep. So it makes sense. And I also think a lot of these uh, batters right now in the minors, they're sort of, they're unrefined. So like, like for example, with Baez, which is an obvious example, like he can hit the ball farther than like probably 99% of baseball players, but he can't hit it consistently or yep. other guys are like when Billy Hamilton first came up last year, he was faster than everybody on the field, but he couldn't really get on base. Um, yep. I think having just sort of one skill as a pitcher, like, Oh, there's a pat like you, you have a killer curveball and fastball. Like those two things can get you a little further when you first come up than just being able to steal bases and play great outfield or something. So I think that probably factors in a little bit too. Yep, for sure. It should be interesting. Um, where else did I want to go? All right. I actually really like that you brought up Dalton Pompey. Pompey? Pompey? Yeah. No, I don't know how you I say it. I think it's Pompey, yeah. Pompey. <laughs> uh, yep. I've heard some talk that he might be their starting center fielder. I think it's actually pretty good chance he's their starting center fielder. Um, what can we – what can you sort of expect out of him? you think he's – Going to be a viable player this year. Yeah, you know, I, I think he's gonna be, his big thing, I believe, is um, uh, he's got speed. He likes to run. Uh, he doesn't strike out that often, uh, and it's he's got pretty good plate discipline. So I'm thinking he's probably going to be. He'll have his up and downs, but I think he'll be maybe a 250 hitter and steal maybe 20 plus bases if he plays the full season. Um, if not more than that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. From his track record, it's just kind of hard to see anything. He doesn't have much power. Um, you know, he may be able to get 10 home runs, but uh, that's that's a very high estimate. Well, so, yeah, that's, um, that's sort of why I wanted to ask you about him is because um, from what I've heard, he wasn't really very heralded. Like, most of these guys are like, oh, he was the uh, – he, when they come in at 18 or when they come out of high school, like, they're – people are just waiting for them to get to their 21 so they can get to the majors. Um, but I've heard yep. Pompey sort of came out of nowhere. Uh, so. Yep, that's pretty much it. And he's got the big advantage of being a young, patient hitter. But, uh, you know, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't strike out a lot. And he doesn't, it doesn't seem to matter who's pitching to him, what kind of pitcher, whether they're lefties or righties. He, he can hit everyone. So at, that kind of... You know, fantasy relevance, I don't think it's going to be as high as people are thinking it will be, but the fact that he's going to be able to play every day and fill some categories, you know, and not probably kill you in average or anything, that gives you some advantage, especially in, in deep leagues. To be totally honest, and this is going to make me sound like a terrible fantasy expert, uh, I thought he was just another Cuban guy, like uh, Yasamani Tomas, and all, like, all those Cubans came in and it was like, oh, Dalton Pompey. He's just one of he's just one of those international signings uh, from this last year. So 
I I will admit that I'm sometimes an idiot. Um, no, it's, there's a lot of players, man, especially in the minor leagues. It's it's really hard to keep up with all yeah. of it. I admire your ability to, uh, you know, do these lists and everything. Uh, but we got about three and a half minutes left that I've been holding on sure. to talking about this one last guy because from what I hear, he's amazing. Lucas Giolito. I've had mm. him stolen from me in a few dynasty drafts. Like, what can you say about him in the last three minutes here to just get everybody even more excited about oh my this 20-year-old kid? I love him. I, I absolutely love him. He's probably my absolute favorite prospect, uh, definitely amongst pitchers. Uh, I wish he had more than three minutes to talk about him. <laughs> no, but well, we yeah. can do another no, podcast um, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Well, Giolito is just, you know, he lost the year with injury. Um but he had it early, so that's usually a good sign. Uh, and he's a pitcher. He he has three-plus pitches, and the word is that he's working on a fourth pitch that's already near a plus pitch. So needless to say, the guy is it's absolutely filthy. Guys can't hit him now. He's young. Uh, they're going to boost up his innings this year. Last year they really held him back, which is a good thing. Um crank him up this year, see how he does, and um, there's no reason to think this guy is not going to be an ace and that we won't be seeing him in the future at the top of the rotation. Um, he is that good. Uh, the Nationals have a dominant rotation now, but they're not going to be around for two more years. So I think Brett, you know, very optimistic side, Julio may get sea time next year, um, but I'm thinking 2017 realistically, is probably his uh, arrival date. Yeah. I think the uh, contract negotiations with Stroudsburg, um, and I think Zimmerman's in his last year, or maybe second to last year, there's some contracts that are ending in the next couple of seasons. Yep. Uh, None of which are Max Scherzer's, but some of them will be ending soon. So if you see maybe the Nationals part ways with Strasburg, I would definitely run out there and if for some reason Giolito's not on a team, add him as quickly yeah. as you possibly can because this kid is 20 years old. He should have been the first pick in the draft, but he had the arm issues, which dropped him back. And yep. just These injuries just keep working out for the Nationals with Rendon and now Giolito. Um, yeah. But, God, yeah. I would love to see this kid pitch. Uh, I think he's, what, high A, double A? Where is he? Yeah, he was in high A last year. Uh, I, he, I believe he might be starting in double A this year. Um, well, let's have to see. He didn't pitch that many, as many innings last year. You know, under 100, they kept him under 100. But yeah. well, he had 110 strikeouts in those innings. So <laughs> exciting oh stuff. I wanted him in every league as well, Dynasty. So he's he's going to be one to watch on MILB Network, that's for sure, yes, this year. Yes, he definitely is. Um, but Chris, all right. Thank you for coming on. We'll have to get you back on, I don't know, every month or two, talk about prospects, talk about your dynasty leagues, the expert leagues, all that good stuff. We need to keep – you need to make a good showing for so-called fantasy experts in these expert leagues. So I wish yep. you the best of luck. Um, thanks. Thanks again for coming on, talking to me. This was a, a very smooth episode. These these are getting better as we go. Uh, so definitely yeah. follow him on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. Read our stuff. I'll be back next week with who? I don't know. But thanks again for listening. This has been the So-Called Fantasy Experts Podcast. Check you later.